The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 10 seconds remaining. Knicks lead by one. LeBron with five seconds, driving on Hasonia. Hasonia with the block! And the Knicks, on a 13-1 run, come back and defeat the Lakers! Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where I have no idea what's going on with the Lakers on the court, actually, or on the television, because we're thinking about balls, ping pong balls, and uh, prospects like ball ball. (laughs) So balls, ball ball balls. That's all we're thinking about right now on the Lakers Legacy Podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, We'll get into our NBA draft talk later. (laughs) Ball ball has been injured for a while now. Probably not going to be a prospect the Lakers look at. But, Alan, how have you been, my friend? This is the second time you're on this podcast in the last two weeks. Hey, oh, it's lit. You're more than alive, apparently. You're alive, alive. You're alive, alive. Great. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, dude. I'm delusional. <laughs> Who isn't at this point? Hey, we're just glad to have you consistently back on the Lakers Legacy podcast. Oh, so consistent. I'm sure. First, it was one in a row, now it's two in a row. <laughs> Going for the trifecta next time. Can you really say one in a row? <laughs> Hell yeah, you can. I think I had an econ teacher in high school say one in a row, and I thought it was the funniest thing, so I've said it multiple times throughout my life since then. Shout out to Mr. Meyer. Oh, shout out to Mr. Meyer. So tonight's episode, we really don't want to have to focus on any actual basketball that's happening out on the court and being played by the Lakers more than we actually have to. Because tonight's episode, we're going to do a very early Lakers free agency preview and focus primarily on Jimmy Butler versus Kemba Walker. 
and why Kemba could be quote-unquote the one adjacent, but we'll also break down some of the Lakers' non-Kawhi, non-Clay, middle-tier, quote-unquote max options this upcoming summer. But before we get to that, we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out Brandon Ingram and the successful surgery he had over the Mm -hmm. weekend and the now more promising prognosis he has moving forward. So this weekend, in what can only be described as the best news of this abysmal latter half of the season for the Lakers, Brandon Ingram had successful thoracic outlet decompression surgery. Contrary to what we had initially thought, Ingram was not put on blood thinners, and instead he had surgery to deal directly with the muscle that was compressing on the vein. And from everything we heard, this is the best case scenario for Ingram, whose injury is apparently more structural in nature than it is hematological and actually dealing with something wrong with his blood. So because of that, they're not expecting any further blood clotting issues in the future, which is great news. And while that's obviously not a surefire certainty, it's as good a prognosis as you could hope for moving Mm -hmm. forward. Awesome, awesome news for for Brandon Ingram, and and we wish him the best in his recovery. And outside of that, when it comes to basketball and Mario Hazonia blocks on LeBron James, <laughs> Rajon Rondo 30-minute forays into oblivion, pointless KCP 35-pointers. Outside of that, we don't have much to say here. We don't have much we want to say. But shout-out to Alex Caruso for really giving Jeez. Lakers fans some glimmers of hope into the type of solid backup rotation guard that they might have on their hands in the future if the Lakers keep him, which they should at this point because he's the type of guy that any winning competitive team could use. Yep. At the end of the day, he is our version of Matthew Delavadova or TJ McConnell, <laughs> that grit and grind type of guard who you know will never lack in effort or intensity. A dude who can swing some games for you purely by being frenetic, but being a smart frenetic, unlike uh, what we've seen from Born Ready. <laughs> also, last thing I'll say basketball-wise, prior to what I previously thought, the Lakers actually have a pretty decent chance of jumping into the 8th or ninth tank spot. So currently at the 10th spot, they have a 14% chance at jumping into the top four. If they can just bump the Wizards, who are still misguidedly trying to make the playoffs at the moment, and get that 9th spot, their odds of jumping into the top four would then increase to 20%. Damn. At the 8th spot, that's a 26% chance to jump into the top four. Also, losing their head-to-head matchup with the Wizards next Tuesday is paramount in these tanking hopes of theirs. So, Bradley Beal, destroy us, please. (laughs) Okay, enough about basketball. Alan, before we get to our Kemba Walker free agency segment, why don't you give us one good thing that's happening in your life right now, apart from the Lakers, <laughs> that, you can, that you can share with us? Uh, it could be something um, you watched, something that happened to you. Oh, dude, something I've watched. Yeah, let's keep it really trivial and not go all deep. I was, like, thinking about my actual life. Um... <laughs> Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I strongly endorse that show. It's so freaking good. Jonathan, I know you're not really Ooh. a scary things. I know it. But, but, dude, the character development, the the story, the the twists, the turns, like, the, the dynamics, it, the theme really to me is, like, family and forgiveness. Honestly, that's, oh, like, wow. the theme of the show. Yeah. So Tommy introduced it to me. He said it's the, uh, what the hell did he call it? He said it's the anthem of our generation. <laughs> as only tommy could say and uh yeah he was like dude watch it and i was like okay 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 and like if you know me i'm really bad at like picking up on shows and just being like up with the latest trends as far as that stuff so 
Like, I'm only on, like, season five, episode three of Game of Thrones. So anyway, um, I watched Haunting a Hill House in, like, four or five days, and I'm watching it a second time right now, and it's so freaking good. So highly recommend that. They are not sponsoring us, but whatever. That's that's one good thing that's been going on. All right. I will consider that. It sounds like an inner healing do sort it, of show dude. now that you... Do it. Do it. Oh, okay. The first, like... Four episodes are the only ones that are a little scary, and it's like one or two moments per episode. So just turn the volume down a little bit. You'll be fine. All right. Scott even watches so it. He hates right? scary stuff. <laughs> yes, Netflix. <laughs> um, okay, well, if we're talking about TV shows, another show on Netflix that I've been watching, that's it's not as scary as... Sorry, what was the show called again, Alan? The Haunting of Hill House. Hill House. It's definitely not as scary as that. It's not a horror sort of deal, but... It does have some thriller elements to it, but it's called Russian Doll. Oh, I've seen it, obviously, like on my Netflix. Yeah, whatever. I would actually recommend that as well. And they're pretty easy watches because each episode is about 20 to 25 minutes. But uh, Amy Poehler actually produced it and created it. (gasps) And um, it's such a quirky show, dude. I'll give you the premise because it's not a spoiler, but it's pretty much like Groundhog's Day. This main character, the girl keeps dying and she doesn't always die the same way and it doesn't always she always doesn't die at the same time but pretty much she has to figure out what the hell's going on with her it's just very intriguing the premise is already Mm. very intriguing it's quirky because it has that amy puller style of the humor's awkward and the banter and the dialogue is very very smart which i appreciate i'm like five episodes in now and things have really started to ramp up and it's getting to a place too where it's almost like going back into her past and her having to tie up loose ends there's a lot of inner healing stuff going on too so there's a lot of depth here which you wouldn't think watching the first three episodes because you're like oh it's quirky it's fun she's dying and she's like f my life Mm -hmm. but it gets into like a deeper more nuanced place as the series progresses and then it gets a little scary too but um Definitely check that out. Very intriguing. I'm excited to watch the rest of it. And obviously, Amy Poehler is a good reason to watch as well. Natasha Lyonne, the main actress, is pretty much a powerhouse through this show. So, yeah, put that in your queue as well. Definitely will. All right. With that said, uh, we're supposed to talk about the Lakers. And actually, this episode, we're not going to talk so much about the Lakers. We're going to talk about who the Lakers could be. Talk about guys like Kemba Walker, maybe DeAndre Jordan, Jimmy Butler but mainly Kemba Walker. So hopefully that gets you guys amped for the off season and summer as we wind down the Lakers games here. Uh, but before we get to all that, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's an additional strand of hair that we'll be adding on to Alex Caruso's bald head because (laughs) brother needs some help so we're going to help him out especially because he's given us some glorious glimpses and flashes of a quality solid rotation player in the future big balder brand ayo what's up (laughs) also we're on spotify patreon.com slash the lakers legacy podcast if you want to help us out financially um speaking of rating interviews though tonight to read the review of the night we've got josh hart back the ailing josh hart hopefully He's feeling better at this point, but uh, Hart, whenever you're ready, take it away. All right, uh, so uh, this this one says uh, fun podcast. This is by uh, Going AWOL. It's like hanging out with your friends, talking about basketball, except uh, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> is that it, uh, Jason Fart? 
<laughs> Sorry, man, Josh Hart. Man, what, what, man, Kyle Kuzma telling you all this stupid stuff like that, man. Jason Farr stuff like that, man. Whatever. Tell Kyle Kuzma he suck it. <laughs> and uh, I'm starting to sound like uh, John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> you do touch my drum set. <laughs> Uh, that is amazing. All right. Thank you. Yeah, man. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it just got worse. You know what it is, dude? Someone commented or like, it sounds like Wreck-It Ralph. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> it does. Uh, but actually, you know, with how banged up Josh has been recently, I imagine him sounding a little more like that because, <laughs> I don't know, maybe he's just ailing in all the wrong places that his pitch gets a little higher Voice gets a little squeakier. Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, it's the tendonitis, you know? Dude, that still sounds terrible. It's, it's getting worse. I need to listen to him talk again. I apologize. Hey, for the moment, that was a great Josh Hart. Thank you, Going AWOL, for that five-star review. Please follow suit with Going AWOL. Rate and review us on iTunes. Let's get us to 350 by this summer, because y'all are so lit. All right, with that said, on to our show Free agency, front office, whatever else we're going to talk about. Uh, Alan, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk a little bit about the offseason, free agency. Obviously, the Lakers haven't presented themselves in the best light to close this season, and there's a lot more uncertainty and questions surrounding how competitive this team actually is, how durable LeBron is. So keeping that in mind and, and seeing what's transpired with the superstar free agents or superstars who are about to be free agents this upcoming offseason i think we're pretty confident in a few things kevin durant's probably not going to become a laker anthony davis at this point is probably not going to be traded to the lakers Kawhi leonard who knows i mean <laughs> everything is up in the air with that guy i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> exactly it could go one way or another but i think for lakers fans and what we've been through with paul george We'll also count Kawhi Leonard as a, as a no for second superstar prospects. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, you're making me want him even more now. I'm sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I want 365 days of that on my team. Um, so yeah, no, no Kevin Durant, no Anthony Davis, no Kawhi Leonard. No Bradley Beal via trade either, because that's all the Washington Wizards have left with and they have Thomas Bryant. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no Clay Thompson. So that kind of leaves, once again, leaves the Lakers with a barren sort of playing field with regards to free agency. We're looking at DeMarcus Cousins, who's already sort of causing problems with the Golden State Warriors, not only with his antics and fiery demeanor but also defensively teams are just attacking him now you know and that's causing them problems on court um demarcus cousins deandre jordan potentially so that's not too bad jimmy butler i've heard is on the outs with the philadelphia 76ers are you surprised at all (laughs) by this and jimmy butler's recent track record not particularly i mean yeah whatever we could talk about jimmy butler later i I feel like he just needs like the the perfect like cast and coach for things to work, which is fine. Like that's the case for a lot of people, but. And that perfect situation, Alan, is a team that revolves solely around him. A team, a coach, an organization. <laughs> doubt here. <laughs> sure. He's, he's like a super weirdly shaped puzzle piece that can fit perfectly somewhere. 
Exactly. So these are the pieces that we have to work with right now. DeMarcus Cousins, DeAndre Jordan, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving. He's mended his fences with LeBron James a little during the Celtics-Lakers game. They did that. Let me cover my mouth with, uh, <laughs> with my jersey and let's whisper sweet nothings into each other's ear. I give it maybe a 10% chance from the 0% chance it used to be, but it's still not a... 10% is pretty high in my book, honestly. Okay, let's say 5%. That's all right. <laughs> you don't rule it no, out? No, And And the reason why you don't rule it out is I know there's rumors of Kyrie Irving teaming up with Kevin Durant to go to the New York Knicks. But just the fact that it seems like, just like Jimmy Butler being on the outs with the 76ers, it also seems like Kyrie Irving's on the outs with Boston. So even just the fact that it's more likely than not that he's leaving the Celtics also gives the Lakers a higher percentage chance that they have at getting Kyrie. But let's push Kyrie to the um, unlikely pile along with Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard. So realistically, again, it's just DeAndre Jordan, DeMarcus Cousins, Jimmy Butler. And we may have some hope, Alan, (laughs) in the form of recently we've heard, I think it was Sam Amick who reported it, that previously while Kemba Walker had wanted to carry... Ooh, I guess I buried the lead. Previously, Kemba Walker had wanted to carry this torch of just being that guy who stayed with his smaller market franchise and didn't really care about having to move on to a bigger market. He wanted to be that guy who latched on with the team that drafted him, right? And he was proud of carrying that mantle. Recently, though, Sam Amick has reported that Kemba Walker may also be on the outs and he may not want to stay in a situation on a team that can't do very much to improve the roster around him because they don't have cap space that Nicholas Batum contract really crippled them yeah there's not a lot of ways to help Kemba Walker out so Kemba Walker may be open to exploring the free agent market and with that comes maybe coming to the Lakers so if I told you that between or amongst DeMarcus Cousins DeAndre Jordan Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler how would you rank those free agents DeMarcus, DeAndre, Jimmy Butler, Kemba. (laughs) It's like easier to start at the bottom, I feel like. Oh, gosh. Between DeMarcus and Jimmy Butler, (laughs) right? That's like a last place A and last place B kind of deal. I, I guess I would rather have Jimmy Butler than DeMarcus. Really just given conditioning and injury and, and things like that. Um, plus, if we as an organization are looking for stability and something conventional, um, I feel like DeMarcus, similar to Jimmy Butler actually, needs to just be in the exact right place, right? And if he at some point in the future is expected to be kind of the leader of a team, um, not really sure if that's a, a good fit for him. And that would definitely be the case once LeBron is gone, right? So uh, probably DeMarcus last, Jimmy Butler second to last, um, DeAndre second place, and then Kemba first. Yeah, I think I would have it roughly the same. Yeah, I would have Kemba number one, DeAndre two, Jimmy Butler three, and DeMarcus four. Let's say DeAndre Jordan's out of the picture and we're faced with Jimmy Butler wants to come to the Lakers or Kemba Walker Allen. I guess it's an easy decision because we've already revealed who our number one is, but 
With regards to Lakers fans who still feel like we haven't really seen a noticeable decline in Jimmy Butler, Mm. I guess what is your case against Jimmy Butler and your case for Kemba Walker? And I guess I can lay out the the pros and cons really quickly of both, where Kemba Walker career season this year, he's made the Charlotte Hornets somewhat of a playoff contender when they had no business being that at all. Yeah, they were on the outside looking in for sure. He's had career numbers this year, even more so to start the season where he was shooting almost like 48% from the field and like 45% from three. That's obviously dip because he's on a sucky team. Everybody's going to zone in and hone in on him, right? So obviously the pros with Kemba Walker is one, his record as a star in this league spans from the time he was drafted pretty much because he's been a really, really good player for a long time. And it's crazy to think that Kemba Walker was drafted in 2011 at this point. That's crazy, dude. That is insane. And for seven years, Kemba Walker has averaged at least 17.7 points. And in the last four years, he's averaged like above 20 points per game. So undeniably, this guy is an all-star type player, even though he just officially became an all-star for the first time this year. Shout out to Kemba Walker. So those are the pros about Kemba Walker. He's just a really solid number two type dude. The cons with Kemba Walker is, Alan, he's barely six foot, you know, and the track record for, you know, these smaller guards is when they sputter, they really just fall off a cliff. You can Mm. think of Allen Iverson. You're starting to see it from Chris Paul, although Chris Paul might be the best case scenario of longevity and durability for a small type guard. Yeah, his his stuff is weird because it's just like a chronic hamstring injury. Yeah, that's it's true. different from like getting banged up, you know, because AI, it's like how many times did he fall on the floor every single game? That's because of his style of play. So that's definitely a durability thing. Chris Paul is like, it's just a weird thing with his freaking legs. Right. And then Isaiah Thomas, his injuries have come more recently. And his they- is similar, though. His is getting banged up for sure. I kind of feel like I haven't seen enough of Kemba to know. Like, I mean, obviously, like we kind of know how he plays, but do we put him in the same category? as an AI, as an IT, in terms of like getting banged up due to contact in the paint and things like that? I think even outside of style of play, even though he may shoot more threes and doesn't go into the paint as hard as Allen Iverson, I just look at it as a body size Mm -hmm. thing, you know, where it's just like you're six foot and in terms of the amount of pounding you can take just playing basketball, yeah, wear and tear wise, it's almost like the opposite end of the spectrum where if you're like Yao Ming and you're seven five, seven six, it's like how long do you really much. have as right, well? Right. Yeah. Mm. That's not to say every guy who's six foot by the time they're thirty two, they're just gonna fall off a cliff. Look, and Kemba Walker can probably be a solid player till he's thirty seven, but in terms of superstar caliber, I think the track record if you're like six foot is not that great in terms of your your decline. And Kemba Walker, unfortunately, one of the cons is he's already twenty nine. So it's not like he's a younger younger sort of prospect who's begun to hit his stride as an all-star he's on the tail end of his prime i guess or maybe just hitting it no i was literally yeah i was just gonna say this is like him entering his prime it's just a matter of how long can he stay there it would be one it would be one contract one significant contract and maybe that last year you'd see a tail off exactly so those are the cons against kemba walker now with jimmy butler the pros are I mean, we've seen it when he's played against the Lakers this year in a Timberwolves uniform. Even with how much his team hated him, how much he hated his team, he was still able to lead the Wolves to victory, right? It doesn't seem like there's been a steep decline in his play yet. And defensively, I think he's still been as solid as ever. But the cons with Jimmy Butler obviously are his personality, 
especially after having left the Bulls, just how tumultuous that has been and the effect he has on his teammates and the organizations that he's been in. He just hasn't rubbed people the right way. Even if it's well-intentioned in, in his mind, he just hasn't gone about, or he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he knows how to get through to his teammates recently. I think he's just been a pain in the ass to work with. Uh, maybe that has be- its benefits and it's gotten him to where he's gotten in his career to this point. But so far, we've seen in every stop along the way from the Minnesota Timberwolves and now even to the Philadelphia 76ers, he's rubbed his teammates, the organization, and even the fans the wrong way. Based on what you've heard on your um, the different Philadelphia things that you know you, you pay attention to, um, what are they saying as far as like how he has rubbed them the wrong way? Is It's just like a similar thing as with Cat and with Wiggins? Because to me, and we don't know these guys personally, but I would tend to think that Embiid and Simmons and those guys are they're cut from a different cloth than Wiggins and Towns, you know? I think from the Philadelphia 76ers end, because I do listen to a lot of Sixers podcasts, uh, my relatives are from there. I like to keep a close second eye on the Sixers. Uh, I've listened to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast as follower of Trust the Process. I believed in what they were doing. So having listened to some of their takes on Jimmy Butler, I think it's obviously less as antagonistic and fiery as what happened in Minnesota, where he was pretty much telling Towns and Wiggins, I just beat your asses with a third string unit. These guys suck, but I beat you anyway. Is it Nothing like that has happened necessarily, mm-hmm. but I think it's more just Jimmy Butler being somewhat of a prima donna that, oh. that they continually have to cater to. And while Embiid and Simmons command higher respect because of... It's like, they're not going to back down. Obviously, like that kind of stuff is what they would thrive on. Just like I think Kuzma, Ingram... I think our young guys would actually thrive on that kind of stuff too. They're pretty thick skinned. Mm -hmm. But I think with Butler, it's still that sort of sense of entitlement where he just came in midway through the season and already Mm, is maybe acting like he owns the town. And then outside of that, I think for Sixers fans, they just don't want any part of Butler and the next contract he's getting. Because even if we take away the attitude issues and the demeanor and everything like that. If we're just looking at the mileage on Jimmy Butler, I mean, who was his coach for the majority of his career? It was Tom Thibodeau, right? Mm -hmm. He's played an exorbitant amount of minutes and the wear and tear on his body. You may be signing him to his biggest contract at the worst (laughs) time. You know what I mean? It's not like you're signing him at 26 years old. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's more of what would give me pause than... um actually necessarily his ego or uh, his prima donna tendencies. Because with LeBron, I mean, I think he's going to put Jimmy Butler in his place, right? Like, Jimmy Butler, he could act like the alpha all he wants. And in Philly, I can see why he would think he is that guy. Because he's the grizzled veteran. Minnesota, clearly, is the same thing. If he's playing with LeBron, like, he's not going to feel the same type of way. But, as, as you said, like, the health and just wear and tear, playing for Tibbs, all that kind of stuff. That is what would tend to uh, strike me first as far as a con. And I think that's what Sixers fans are most worried about. This guy's going to be getting paid $40 million potentially when he's 32, 33. And it's crazy to hear them say that hindsight is twenty twenty in this case as well, but they almost would rather have had Tobias Harris 
to start out with if they had just made that trade first and then just kept Dario Saric and Robert Covington. Yeah. To establish and maintain that continuity that they had and more importantly their chemistry. Jimmy Butler may help them in the playoffs and all that, but it's almost like just the ship passing in the wind for them. And I, I think they maybe feel and sense that sort of renegadeness from Jimmy Butler this season, where even he's maybe started to give off vibes that he's not long for this team necessarily. So it's almost like a mutual thing with Philly fans and Jimmy Butler. Um, but more so, I think it's because of just that contract and that contract crippling them. Because it's not like Joel Embiid has a clean bill of health moving forward either. You know, sure. So you have to take all of these things into account. So I wonder what team out there would want to give Jimmy Butler, you know, that enormous contract. I'm sure everyone has the same concerns, right? Yeah, but everybody's laughing that it's going to be the Lakers. <laughs> and I kind of don't blame them, you know what I mean? So yeah, this is yeah, where yeah. we as Lakers fans have to be careful. Yeah, I mean, I understand people's arguments that Jimmy Butler is still strong as a bull. No pun intended. Nice. As a timber bull. <laughs> As a timber bull. I mean, by all accounts, he's hit clutch shots this season. He's led his teams to wins. He's a hard-nosed, grit-and-grind type of guy who just puts his head down and goes to work. That's how he's gotten himself to this all-star caliber level. But at the same time, it's now he's just he's distancing himself from his teammates by not being able to relate to them on, on their level or, or finding different ways to relate to them, I guess. But yeah, more so, okay, so for Jimmy Butler, the huge cons is just giving him this crazy contract with the miles that he has on his body. Look, you're essentially going to be giving this same contract to Kemba Walker, who's a, you know almost seven inches shorter. But the difference is Kemba Walker didn't play under Tom Thibodeau. Kemba Walker ha- doesn't have that much playoff experience as well. So in terms of just the amount of games played, it's much less than Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler has just historically been injury prone right even if it hasn't been necessarily like an acl tear for half the season he's gotten nicked up and banged up every single year of his career you know where he's missed like five ten games every three or four months right so taking all that into account i think it's just so much of a risk to take on a guy like jimmy butler and for the lakers especially even if they hadn't had the type of toxic season that they've had we'd have our these same concerns right but especially because the culture and the chemistry and the air of negativity that surrounded the players this season and the front office this season, you'd almost hope that they'd be a little more hypersensitive to, you know, go a complete 180 in terms of personality and attitude. And it's weird because coming into the season, we thought that we had that type of front office who was a little more judicious about the types of people that they bring in. But I guess when it comes to bringing in like a max superstar guy, you you make your qualifiers there and just uh, take what you can get, I guess. But yeah, I think that's the concerns with um, the Lakers potentially maybe offering Jimmy Butler a max contract if he is so willing to join LeBron James. So I don't know if you had anything to say about about that. Um, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, at the end of the day, for me. I think it's too much of a risk in terms of the the locker room strife that he could potentially bring in, even though LeBron James may set him into place. I, I think this organization is in such is in such need of just a cultural shift and almost like a, a blank slate outside of LeBron and the young kids, you know? 
that a Jimmy Butler might just again throw a wrench into things. And when you have such fiery personalities like him, you never know what could happen. Uh, maybe him and LeBron become the next Dwight and Kobe. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kobe was still the alpha there, right? But that didn't stop Dwight Howard from being a bonehead and still <laughs> freaking pretty much making Kobe Bryant tear his Achilles to just drag them into the playoffs, you know? So I think there's too many concerns with regards to how poorly the Lakers season has already gone to, for me, to take on that additional risk in Jimmy Butler and who he has shown himself to be the last couple of years. Outside of just him being injury prone and the wear and tear on his body and the contract that's to come. So Alan, lastly, Kemba Walker... I know we had talked about Kemba Walker like maybe a year ago when we were thinking about trade candidates and whatnot and maybe trading Lonzo Ball for Kemba Walker. Well, good news, Alan. We don't have to trade Lonzo Ball for Kemba (laughs) Walker. We can just get Kemba Walker and sign him. But I know when we had those discussions back then, we were kind of lukewarm on Kemba. This was obviously before his career season and all that. But I mean, the last few seasons, he's averaged 22 and 5 23 and 5, 21 and 5. So he's been pretty consistent in terms of um, the production that he's put out there statistically. For you, outside of desperation, maybe, (laughs) and lack of options, what's kind of changed your mind and perception of Kemba Walker? And why are you a little more accepting of him being that second superstar type guy to LeBron James, in spite of the flaws and weaknesses that we previously mentioned of him being only six foot? The other thing is he's not a great defender. He's like a poor defender. So given that, and given that he's already 29 years old and we'll have to give him also a max contract, why have your sentiments changed a little with regards to, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm actually not only fine with Kemba Walker being that second superstar max when we were maybe thinking about Kawhi Leonard and um, Kevin Durant, but I'm maybe even excited to have him as that second superstar. Yeah. Um, I guess just reality. <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, I mean, before we were just, you know, our heads were above the clouds thinking we're just going to get everybody. Um, and because reality has sunk in that, I mean, when was the last time that really happened? It was just LeBron and Chris Bosh joining D Wade. Um, you can't say that's the case with the Warriors because they drafted all their guys. Um, I mean, I guess Cleveland, right? You got Kyrie LeBron, but... Yeah, LeBron came back, but it's like, you know, he's like a Cleveland guy and they drafted Kyrie. So at at what point does a team just go sign a bunch of Supermax, you know, top five NBA players? It just doesn't happen. So I guess the theme has been like adjusting expectations, right? So that is probably what makes me okay with it. Okay, well, my question started with outside of just <laughs> outside of just reality and where we've gotten ourselves to. Just the tangibles then? Yeah, just the tangibles of Kemba Walker and how you think he'll fit on this sort of team with LeBron James and maybe what maybe LeBron James needs at this point in his career. I mean, us being lukewarm before because we were talking about trades, right? And that wouldn't be the case this time around. It would just be signing him. So we're not giving up anything. And if you do think about Lonzo and Kemba playing alongside each other, uh, you know, one can start to imagine what that that would actually look like. And there's some potential Mm -hmm. there. Um, If we had to give up Zoe, if that were still the case, uh, I I think I'd still be pretty much just as lukewarm. It would be the same temperature as before, right? Within, you know, whatever, a few degrees, if you will. So I I think that's the biggest thing. But as far as his, like, on-court play... 
to be completely freaking honest with you, beyond his stats, beyond making his first all-star team as a starter, I haven't seen enough Kemba Walker <laughs> to really say like mm-hmm. where my mind has changed on uh, based on his on-court performance. I mean, I guess Charlotte is like right there. Like they definitely still have a chance um, of making the playoffs. They could leapfrog Orlando, Miami. I mean, it seems like they're gonna lock it up, but I, I don't know what the standings are off the top of my head. But they're within like a game of being in that eight spot. So if he's the catalyst for them making the playoffs, then uh, that that definitely gives them some more credibility. Sure. So I have some, I have some tangibles yes, with please. regards to Kemba Walker. <laughs> I'm struggling here, excited. dude. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Whatever. He made the All Star team. Everyone's talking about it. The game was in Charlotte. There's a lot of hype. <laughs> so do you remember when Kemba Walker? And maybe you actually. Well, do you remember any of his highlight plays when he played for Connecticut? I feel like I remember more of those than I do him in Charlotte. To be <laughs> yeah, honest, yeah. So that's dude. what I was gonna say. <laughs> so if you remember more it's of freaking those, electric, dude. What was his like staple move? Oh, it was it was his it was his, it was his crossover Bassett Square Garden ACC tournament. What they were weren't supposed to win it at all. There, hell you yeah, go. dude. He's got he's got he's got big balls, man. His crossover and his step, yeah. back, right? It's almost like Harden esque. And I guess when you're that small, you kind of have to be that step back sort of player. And it's been amazing, honestly, to see Kemba Walker become the type of three point shooter that he has become. Where He's tailed off a little bit this season, but I honestly, again, credit that to or discredit that to the team surrounding him, you know, where he started off the first month, month and a half, two months shooting like 40% from three, hitting almost three a game. That's tailed off because I think teams have just honed directly in on him and that's it. But last year, 38% hitting three a game. The year before that, 39.9% hitting three a game. It's incredible to me what a proficient and prolific three-point shooter he's become at that size, you know, where you'd imagine guys would be able to just affect that shot simply by lunging out at him and raising their arms. But because he has such a lethal step-back jump shot, and because his jumper, when if you watch him shoot a three-point jump shot, he really jumps. It's like mm-hmm. a legit all-caps jump shot, right, you know? Right. And I think that really helps him get the lift that he needs and allows him to be consistent with that shot. But... Yeah, with regards to some of the more tangibles regarding Kemba Walker, look, he's not a good defender, but to that I'd say, is Dame Lillard a good defender? Is Kyrie Irving even a good defender necessarily? No. Was Isaiah Thomas during his MVP seasons with the Boston Celtics a good defender? Hell no. And Lakers fans know that. So that would be Kemba Walker, right? And it's all about placing him in the right context and surrounding him with the right people. And remember what we were saying when yeah, Lonzo was Ball a great was defender. drafted? <laughs> well, remember, what were we saying before Lonzo Ball was drafted? We knew we were going to draft him, and we hadn't traded D'Angelo Russell yet. Right, right. We were like, these two could work in tandem exactly. together because... And now, and now even more so because we didn't expect we Lonzo no Ball idea. to be this good defensive. Yeah, we were talking about right? Zoe and D'Lo on the offensive end, really. One guy's going to run the half-court offense, one guy's going to run the break, and then you know they, they complement each other based on their strengths. Kemba, you could make that same argument for offense and defense, right? Yeah, and actually, with regards to defense, we were like, I don't know, the defense between D'Angelo and Lonzo may be shaky, but we'll make up with it on offense, you know? For sure. Well, Zoe. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now we could have made up for it everywhere because Lonzo Ball, in and of himself, is a defensive dynamo that can orchestrate your entire scheme. 
you know, just yeah, just hide Kemba with him being the best you can. Exactly. So I think Kemba and Lonzo would complement each other perfectly because Lonzo can play that off-ball position while still sometimes also setting Kemba Walker up and also being that backup safeguard for him on defense. Um, so that's why I'm not too concerned with the uh, Kemba Walker doesn't play any defense because even if we had traded for Damian Lillard or if we had gotten Kyrie Irving, it would be the same deal. Even if we think of, yeah, even if we think about D'Angelo Russell, he hasn't become some all-world defender. He's just gotten better on offense, you know? And Kemba Walker is pretty much who you'd hope D'Angelo Russell would be, even though we know D'Angelo Russell's five inches taller than him. I think athletically, he's not at the same level even as Kemba Walker at his stature. Um, so that's why I'm not too down on Kemba Walker being a defensive liability, just knowing that he'll be next to and paired with Lonzo Ball. The other thing, Alan, is with regards to roster construction, there's some value, actually, there's a lot of value to be had at just filling that second max superstar slot up with a surefire all-star and knowing that your work is done in terms of, okay, now we know who our guys are and now we can properly build out a roster around them. You know what I mean? Where the last couple of years it's been, let's just sign all these renegade one-year guys because we're preserving the rest of our cap space. So nobody really knows what how long they're going to be a Laker for. Nobody knows their role past this season, right? If you lock Kemba Walker into that spot, well, then you can proceed to then fill out the roster with for real. more defensive stoppers. Yeah more wing defenders, guys who complement Kemba Walker, where the deficiencies that Kemba Walker may have right now and that are probably more blatantly shown on his current team, we can fix because the Lakers have the flexibility to fix still. Where the Charlotte Hornets right now have their hands tied with regards to how much they can improve their roster around Kemba, right? So I think even looking at looking at it from that perspective, if we just lock Kemba Walker in now, then we'll be able to properly build around him, LeBron, Lonzo Ball, Cal Kuzma. And if there are holes in the defense, well, we'll just patch those up with whoever we sign. And now we'll be able to actually dole out multi-year deals and guys will be more amenable to taking on those contracts versus, oh, that's just a one-year deal? I don't know. I think the other bigger thing, and I've been implying it and mentioning it here and there, is just that... Kemba Walker has not had a teammate like LeBron James before. Heck, he might not even have had teammates like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart before in terms of complementary players. And I think that will do wonders in just opening up his game even more so. I think the best teammate he's had in the last couple years is Al Jefferson when he was still chugging along. Uh, Maybe Nicholas Batum, but outside of that, imagine just imagine him with LeBron James and and what that's going to do. Right now, he's shooting only 43%, 36% from three. But can you imagine his efficiency spike just playing alongside such playmakers like Lonzo Ball and LeBron James and just taking the attention off of him? I think that would just even make him a better all-star than he already is. You know what yeah. I mean? Make him a legitimate one that's not, oh, he's just an Eastern Conference all-star, mm-hmm. asterisk. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, on top of that, I guess with, with regards to who Kemba Walker is as a player, He's pretty much, he's not to this level, right? But he's a pseudo Kyrie Irving. He's a pseudo Damian Lillard. I think he's the closest thing to Damian Lillard right now, actually, of any other player. If Isaiah Thomas had not gotten hurt the way that he did and played through that hip injury, I think maybe he'd still be of that same caliber. But with Isaiah Thomas kind of looking like he'll never regain his form, Kemba Walker's kind of assumed that place and stepped into that role as Damian Light. 
And with regards to the type of player that LeBron James needs beside him, he's already mentioned that he's getting tired. Obviously, he wants shooters around him after what we've seen from this past season, but he needs other guys who can initiate the offense. That's why he's so willing to give it up to Rajon Rondo, even though Rondo's can't really command command the defense's respect and attention. Even LeBron James is willing to give it up to Rondo just because he can play make and initiate an offense. Even more so, imagine him giving it up to Kemba Walker. It would essentially be like the role that he and Kyrie played when they were on Cleveland together, right? Where Kemba can just take hold of the offense, give LeBron a rest, and create a shot for himself without necessarily having to rely on anybody else. And maybe even create shots for other people and allow LeBron to just, you know, maybe coast for a quarter or two and then really be revved up for the fourth quarter, whatever. Um, I mean, in terms of like, he's pretty much always been 1A, right? If his 1B was Al Jefferson or Nicholas Batum or whoever the hell else has been on his teams, the fact that he could be a 1B now at most with LeBron. And then you add our other young guys. Um, I feel like in terms of fit, he could just slide right into um, whatever you want him to be. And it takes a lot of pressure off of him. And as you said, like imagine how much his efficiency would spike and that sort of thing, because he's never had the experience of playing with someone nearly the same caliber as him. So that thought alone is, is pretty damn enticing. And for whatever his shortcomings are, um, we, we do have enough, uh, you know, depth and talent currently on the team that can cover up those mistakes for him. And in terms of like, you know, personality and chemistry, ego and whatnot, based on the interviews, you know, that I've heard him and stuff like that, he doesn't seem like he has much of an ego, right? So as far as like mm-hmm. taking that back seat to a guy like LeBron, uh, I wouldn't foresee that as being any kind of issue for him at all. He seems just like a good dude. I, I feel like he'd be down to, you know, mentor the young guys and uh, really just to use a LeBron quote, like fit in and not fit out. Right. Sure. Um, so in that sense, I think, yeah, he's just like the kind of guy that really on almost any team in the league, it's like, yeah, he'd, he'd fit right in with whatever you want to do. You're not considering all those uh, kind of, not to make him the example, but like those Jimmy Butler things, like, okay, it's really got to be the right situation type of guy. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if if we were to uh, grab him, I think Laker fans should be pretty excited for what that potential is. And as you said, it, it just puts people in their place. And from there, the organization can really start to build a team as opposed to f- just one-offs and punting and, you know, next year, next year, next year type of mentality. We'd have that stability going forward. And that has a trickle-down effect on the rest of the young guys, too, and the for rest sure. of the team. So I'm honestly super excited about LeBron the and Kemba, let's Kemba. go! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and temper Pre-order my, my jersey now a little bit. <laughs> but honestly, you remember how lit we were for two months of Isaiah Thomas we had, and he wasn't that was even so fun, that healthy? <laughs> he was so fun, the crossover on Jokic. Wonder if I wonder if I can recover those deleted games from my DVR from like a year ago. <laughs> just to prepare yourself for Kemba Walker. But honestly, Kemba Walker is that, whatever we saw from Isaiah Thomas at his littest moments last year, but times 10, you know, because Kemba Walker is healthy. He's more athletic than Isaiah Thomas. He's pretty much who Isaiah Thomas was when he was uh, in MVP contention that one year he led Boston uh, in the playoffs, right? So I'm super excited at the prospects. We'll see what happens. Hopefully we hear some 
Well, hopefully Charlotte Hornets continue to slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> go Miami. But go Orlando. Yeah, seriously, go Miami. And uh, Kemba Walker, please save the Lakers. Come on, baby. It's going to be so electric and so fun to watch this group with Kemba Walker just whizzing up and down the court. Speak it I'm into ready. existence. Speak it into existence, Kemba Walker. Um, all right, with that said, I think we'll close our show right there. As usual, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate and review us on iTunes, yada, yada. We're on Spotify, patreon.com. All right, Alan. Catch you later, Alan. <laughs> later, dude. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.